Welcome to the Crack House Chronicles True Crime Podcast. I am Donnie, and with me is a man that's fairly certain that the self-checkout line was invented by a guy who had to buy feminine hygiene products for his <laughs> wife. It's Dale. Yeah, you know, he got to go buy a box of plugs every now and again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess, man. And I don't mind. You don't mind doing that? No, I don't mind. I got a house full of ladies. Oh, man. If I'd do that, I'd have to go get a quart of oil and maybe a wrench, too, or something, <laughs> just to, to balance it out. <laughs> I'm all good with it. Don't bother me a bit. You're all man. Ain't no <laughs> doubt about it. Very confident in your manly. That's pleasure. right. That's it. <laughs> What's going on, dude? Oh, same old man. I've been some heat lately. In. Oh, man. It's hot. A lot. It's not hot. It's just hot. It's hot. And then we yeah. had some, some big storms fire up lately, so it's, uh, it's getting there. Well, the storms help cool it off a little bit. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. It was a um, had a storm roll through earlier today, and it cooled it off some, so not bad at all. There's some big lightning going on, wasn't there? Yeah, it was. It was it's big lightning. All right then. But you know, with uh, when this uh, episode drops, Father's Day will have passed, so I want to wish all the fathers a happy Father's Day. Well, happy Father's Day, Donnie. Happy Father's Day to you. Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so I hope everyone had a good Father's Day. Yeah, man. Yeah, me too. Be good. Good stuff. You got any good shout-outs? Anybody you want to talk about or anybody you want to mention? We've had a few comments come in on our YouTube channel. We have one from uh, Derek from Coronation. I think that's correct. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had a comment on the Trini Gibson uh, episode, which is uh, 103 in the archives. Mm-hmm. He said, basically, whoever said that uh, she had turned right was lying. And he also said that uh, the whole group in back were lying, too. The one that watched her walk off the trail? Yeah. Hmm. That's very interesting. Yeah, I don't, he didn't much... Uh, not a whole lot of explanation, but that was his view, and we're going with it. I mean, I hadn't heard that, so it's a very, very good possibility. Yeah, if you'd like to uh, ex- uh, explain that a little more, we'd be glad to hear. Yeah, what's, Derek. What's you thinking, brother? Yeah, tell us what you think, Derek. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Yep. We love feedback, man. What else you got? We have one from uh, also on YouTube that was Madam Web Sleuth, and she commented on our Asia Degree episode that we did with uh, Jen from Murder on My Street. Which is uh, episode ninety nine? It said this this uh, case is uh, one that plagues me to no end. Oh man, and yeah, it does us too as well. Yeah, I think about it all the time. This one being so close to us, I mean, it's just a couple miles down the street. It blows my mind. Oh, I pass the sign at least once or twice a week, and, right. I, and I think about it. Yeah, and uh, last weekend we were driving up up eighteen, and I showed everyone where the the backpack was, and man, they flipped out at how far it was up the road. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. Because that is a pretty good ride. That's a good haul, 20-something yeah. miles from where she disappeared. And if you don't know what we're talking about, you can also catch our YouTube uh, a video of uh, Asia Degree and the locations. Yeah. Which we did. That's, That's pretty, pretty cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. And i also like to give a shout-out to our buddy Dale Elmore, big friend of the show. Uh, he always uh, pushing us and listens to the show. And uh, check out his YouTube channel, which is uh, Dale from Shelby. It's not me. It's another Dale. But it is a pretty cool channel, and uh, appreciate you listening. And also, uh, Stick Elliott, who uh, also a big-time friend of the show. He uh, he uh, pushes when he can and on his uh, Facebook page, North Carolina Horror Fans. Mm. So uh, we appreciate both of you guys trying to spread the good word. We Thanks really appreciate it, y'all. Yeah, man. And we want to remind everybody to go to Apple Podcasts and click that five-star and write us a review in the box. Guess what, Donnie? What's that? We're still not on Samsung. No, we're still not there. Damn it. Nope. Samsung, get it together, man. Yeah, they need to. You're missing the best one. I know. Dale checks it every day, three <laughs> or four times. Yeah. But I think they're only letting so many go through a day. Maybe they're saving the best for last. They could be. Yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah, I'm going to blow it up. <laughs> that's right. I'm going to blow it up when they hit us. That's right. They're going to say, holy, 
Holy moly, what did we miss out on here? <laughs> if anybody wants to go to the website and go to the store page and get you a T-shirt or something, by all means do so. Yeah, if you just want to drop a few dollars in the gas, gas uh, what do you call it? Gas tank? Yeah, in the gas tank. The gas jar? We sure appreciate it. Yeah, we man, really that do. that gas went way up in it. Yeah. We could use a few dollars. Yeah, it helps keep the light on at the crack house. Yeah, you know, because we're self-sufficient all, you know, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, we are. All right, dude, we are going to get into our case this week. All right, what well, we got today? <laughs> We've got something totally different. Something Okay, this will be good and fresh. Something different from the norm that we normally do. And we have got a female serial killer. For real? Yes. And we're going way back. We've done female serial killers before. What makes this one different? Well, this one is like supposedly the first female American serial killer. Hmm supposedly supposedly yeah so we're gonna talk about it and so you're saying this has got a twist or something yeah it's got yeah. some are you joshing me no i'm not joshing it's got some <laughs> twists and turns and a lot of probably made up stuff okay folklore legendary you said very legendary okay yeah but the lady we're talking about today her name is lavinia fisher that's a cool name it is a very lavinia. cool name lavinia yeah but she Grew up around Charleston, South Carolina, and there's not a lot on her past, dude. Not a whole lot. It's just very little. It's kind of like she just appeared. Yeah. And started whacking out guys or something. Yeah, but we we <laughs> do know that she was born in 1793. So like I That's say, way back. Yeah, that is way you back. You kidding, was you? <laughs> but the location of her birth, her maiden name, and any information about her childhood is really unknown because hmm. you know i guess anytime anybody was born back then the only time it was recorded was somebody wrote it in a bible yeah recorded it that way and scratch it on a rock or something yeah wrote it on a tree <laughs> trees got cut down yeah but lavinia was to marry a man named john fisher okay and they both lived near charleston south carolina which is how far from here? It's a couple hours. You, from our location, you can be there in four hours. Four hours. Okay. Four hours, yeah. Driving. Gotcha. But they made their living operating a an inn, hotel, kind of. Like a boarding set, house. Kind yes. Of. Yeah. And it was called the Six Mile Wayfarer House. Oh, sweet. Yeah. And it was actually located six miles from Charleston. Well, man, I wonder how they came up with that name. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> they were five miles from Charleston. Yeah, I think there was more than one. Wasn't, there was one in five miles, wasn't it? Or yeah, and five it was mile a house or five-mile Wayfarer house, uh, three-mile. But the, theirs was the six-mile Wayfarer okay. house. Yeah, yep. big, big time. But they managed this inn in the early 1800s. And now it was reported that mysteriously men would – who were visiting Charleston and would begin to disappear. Now, wait a minute. So this is kind of like the benders. The bloody benders that we just, we talked about. Yeah, uh, that was episode 98, I believe. Oh, man, that was a while back, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So this is kind of like these were people, because uh, Charleston's a port town. Mm-hmm. So probably either people coming in off the port or just traveling through. So you're saying they was traveling through or traveling out of Charleston, going to other places, and they would need somewhere to stop off and rest or grab a meal or a night's sleep and these little boarding houses where they would stop. Somewhere to feed and water their horses and things like that. Okay. Yeah. So they had a little bit so of everything. So it was a lot like the Benders then. It very was. Gotcha. But I think it was a little bit better set up than the Benders because. Well, yeah, they only had one room and a. And a table and a chair. <laughs> a curtain and a hammer. Yeah. 
but they had beds and stuff, and I think they had little rooms. Okay. To, for the visitors to, to be able to get a nice sleep anyway, so a little bit better setup than what the, the Benders had. Yeah, going no, on. Lavinia was probably a lot more good looking and charming than. Yeah, it was reported that she was very the hammer swingers. <laughs> yeah, it was reported that she was very beautiful and charming. Right. Okay. So, but men would go, like we said, go disappearing from their inn who were visiting Charleston. And as more and more reports were filed with the authorities about these missing men, it was determined that they were last seen at the six-mile Wayfarer house. Mm. So I'm sure the rumor mill was a spinning. Yeah, gotcha. it was. But the local authorities, they began to investigate a little bit, and there was no evidence that the Fishers had any involvement. Right. They were an outstanding couple of the community. Yeah, they were very popular. Mm-hmm. And it led the investigation being dropped. They didn't even mess with it. Well, you know, it was also said, you know, that she was being a pretty pretty good-looking lady, and she was really good for conversation. People would pull up, she would talk to them nice, and then have a little meal and maybe some stuff and just chit-chat, and it seemed like mm-hmm. a pretty good, good place to stop. Yeah. It would later be learned that Lavinia, she utilized her skills as, you know, as far as her good looks and her being able to talk to people to help her husband rob and kill many male travelers. Right. You know, I'm sure a lot of that conversation was um, pretty point-on questions to figure out if these fellas had money or not. Yeah. You just kind of work them in there. And not. Size them up. You're right. Exactly. Yes, yes. See what they had on them and check them out, see where they were going. Yeah. If you got to leave or not, if you was broke. Yeah. <laughs> Like Dale said, the rumor mill began to stir, and the locals, they soon gathered up a small group of vigilantes, and they went to the Fishers, and this was in February of 1819, and they were going to stop some of the activities that were occurring there, Dale. And it's unknown what they may have said or what they may have done, but they were obviously satisfied with their task and returned to Charleston. Hmm. And what they did, they left one man there. And his name was David Ross, and they stand, They had left him there to stand watch. So what did they do when they were there? Do we know? We don't, it's not really reported. They just I don't know if they went there to confront them about the disappearances or... Tell them they knew what was going on or... Maybe. Hmm. And just left this one guy to stand there and be like a guard or something? Yeah, just left David Ross there to watch the area. Okay. But it was the early next morning, David Ross was attacked by two men... And he was dragged before a group of men along with Lavinia Fisher. Mm. And he was actually looking to her for help because he, he didn't think she'd be involved in anything like this. Well, you know, she look, he's looking for the lady for some mercy. But she grabbed him, choked him, and smashed his head through a window. But somehow David Ross was able to escape, and he got a hold of the authorities. Well, that's pretty lucky. Very lucky. Right. Now, it was about this same time, I don't know what the time span was, Dale, but it was near the same time that there was another man by the name of John Peoples, and he was traveling from Georgia to Charleston, mm-hmm. and tired from a long trip, he stopped at the Six Mile Wayfarer house to see if they had a room, Right. and he was greeted by Lavinia, just welcomed him in, you know, and all nice and charming. But she did inform him that they didn't have a room available. Oh. But she invited him to stay and have a meal and 
just hang out for a while right. refresh himself yeah we yep. had some good conversation yeah but it's been reported that her company was so pleasant that he even ignored lavinia's husband yeah i think john was giving him that probably was he might have been flirting with her a little bit <laughs> you, you think might have been yeah you know especially the way she was talking to him i'm yeah. sure she was she was uh busy sizing him up and john probably was not taking that well no probably not but he was he was impressed by Lavinia, and he was answering all of her questions and just getting along with her very well. Right. But it was just soon after that she left the room. Well, she excused herself, and she returned just a few minutes later with some tea and good news. Hmm. Yeah, I think she liked to give him some tea, didn't she? Yeah, she liked her tea, mm-hmm. and we're going to talk a little bit about that. Right. But she come back, and she informed John Peoples that a room had suddenly become available yeah if he still wanted it you can stay yeah oh yeah so oh, and, he was tickled to death yeah he accepted it right away and lavinia poured him a cup of tea right but john didn't like tea yeah this may have helped him a little bit it did but he didn't want to be you know impolite right. or rude or anything like that so he instead of refusing it or leaving it untouched he poured it out when she wasn't looking or if you like pour it in a plant or something. Maybe pour it outside. Or, like that 16th shot of tequila you don't really want. Yeah. Pour it in a plant and good to go. Yeah. <laughs> but afterwards, she showed him to his room, and he began wondering why she'd ask him so many questions. And wondering why old man was eyeballing him the whole time. Yeah, checking him out. Yeah. But suddenly, he kind of felt uncomfortable with all this information that he had given him, and he got a little worried. Mm-hmm. And even thought that he might become a target for robbery. Well, he was pretty smart. Yeah. And he felt safer sleeping in a chair by the door. Yeah, he's smart. Yeah, very, very smart. He puts the door up against the, I mean, puts the chair up against the door and kind of sleep in that. And then you, you don't have to really worry about being snuck up on. Yeah. But as he began to doze off, he was awakened by a loud noise. And looking around, he realized that the bed that he should have been sleeping in had disappeared right into a deep hole beneath the floor wow yeah and john he quickly got out a window and got on his horse and fled to charleston okay so let's break this down a second so yeah. re- really what's going on here is uh she invited people in she would like we said give them the little questionnaire and talking a lot of conversation and figure out what's going on and then this tea that she would give them it was doctored up a bit. Yeah. And it had uh, some type of poison in it. Oleander. Oleander. But it wasn't lethal, but it would uh, knock them out, I guess, for mm-hmm. several hours. And then they had the floor underneath the bed rigged up some way. Some kind of trap door mechanism, spring-loaded type. So, so the bed actually didn't collapse itself, but when they pulled the pin or whatever, whatever was going on, the whole, like the bed, I guess, was bolted to the floor, maybe. Could be. And then when that trap door opened, it just kind of flipped you <laughs> flipped you out in the basement. Slid you off the end of the bed down right. into the basement. Yeah. Okay. Sheets and all. Right. Yeah, whatever you were sleeping in. Wow. And it had been reported they were like spikes down there you would fall on and kill you. Or or right. even uh, Lavinia's husband, John, would uh, kill you. Be down there and stab you to death. Yeah, it could be. So, been reported both ways. Yeah, right. So it's a it's pretty uh pretty wild scene there. Mm-hmm. It's a, a lot of scenes of the benders, but a lot more. Uh, what's, how do you say? More upscale. Yes, there you yeah. go. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. It's yeah. an upscale murder house. 
<laughs> but now the authorities, they had enough evidence against John and Lavinia to go arrest them because they had the. Uh, well, this makes two people. That two people, kind yeah. of got away and went and run total. Yeah. Right. So that's two witnesses. Yeah. At least. But they were arrested as well as two men they had been operating with. And the six-mile Wayfarer house was searched thoroughly and the grounds dug up. Hmm. And it was filled with hidden passages, and the sheriff reportedly found items that could be traced to dozens of travelers. Mm. And he found a tea laced with herb that someone could be put to sleep with. Right. Like we said. Yep. And a mechanism that could be triggered to open the floorboards beneath the bed. Right. And in the basement, there was reported there were hundred sets of remains. That'd be kind of nasty yeah it would have been that would be a little strong smell you think it'd be yes stinking yeah a lot yeah now the fishers they pled not guilty and but they were ordered to stay in jail until their trial began Hmm. but in the meantime their co-conspirators were released on bail which is uh weird yeah very weird and at their trial, this was in May, the jury didn't agree with their innocent plea and found them guilty of multiple robberies and murders. And they were sentenced to hang. However, they were given time to appeal the conviction. Okay. Now, during their wait, they occupied themselves by making a plan to escape. And they were housed together in a jail that was really not heavily guarded. Right. And they began making a rope from, like, bed sheets and linens and things. Right. Yeah, their, their cell had a window in it. Yeah. yeah. And this jail that they were in, it's been reported that it was it was terrible. Yeah. Very deb- and tall, like four stories or something. Yeah. Like, Rats, bugs. Um, there was no way to keep the cold out or the heat out. I mean, it was just. Well, it's not going to be a decent jail if it's not full of rats and bugs. I mean, mm, come on. This yeah. This is you, in the 1800s. Yeah, you got to have all that. <laughs> But on September the 13th, they put their plan in place, and they used the rope to drop down to the ground. Mm-hmm. And John made it out, but the rope broke. Yeah, right before he got to the ground, I think it broke, and he just fell on the ground, mm-hmm. leaving the Lavinia trapped in the cell. Yeah. But he wasn't willing to go with, without Lavinia. No. And he returned to the jail, and the two were afterwards kept under a lot more tighter yeah, security. I think he'd done that a couple of times. Like when they arrested him, you know, he, they, when they come to get him, they were in there with some guns. They had like some muskets and some black powder and stuff. And mm-hmm. but when the vigilantes or whoever the police came to get him, they were way out man or outgunned. So he gave up, you know, to try to help her. He gave up, and then he also basically told the, the police, um, everybody who were in this. Uh, the highwaymen uh, group that they had, and I'm not talking about Johnny Cash and Willie and Waylon and Chris Christopherson, but highwaymen were like uh, the gang that that uh, were robbing people. Mm-hmm. But uh, so he was trying to save her every time, every chance he gets. So now he's he's fallen outside, left her inside. He just couldn't stand it. So uh, what what he do? Just walk back around, knock on the door, and go, can I go back in? I guess. So they they must have saw him and picked him up. Yeah. So he he was wasn't going to leave her. Mm-mm. Kudos for that. Yep. But in February of 1820, the Constitutional Court rejected their appeal, and their execution was scheduled for later that month, mm. end of February. So they were in jail for about a year or so. Yeah. yeah. And a local minister named Reverend Richard Furman was sent in to counsel John and Lavinia. 
so they, you know, if they wish to. And John, yeah. John Freely talked to Furman and said he talked to the police about saving his soul and all this stuff. Right. Though Lavinia didn't have, he didn't want to have nothing to do she with that. She didn't want nothing to do with that. No, nah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, that's just weird. Well, but, she's already made up her mind. She's hard. Yeah, she's pretty hard-headed. <laughs> and on the morning of February 18th of 1820, John and Lavinia were taken from the Charleston jail to be hanged on the gallows mm-hmm. behind the, just right behind the jail. John Fisher, he was reported that he went quietly praying with the minister and asked to read a letter. And before the crowd of some 2,000 people were there, the letter insisted on his innocence and asked for mercy, who had done him wrong. In the judicial process. Yes. yes, and, yes. and then began to verbally plead his case before the gathered crowd. But before he was hanged, asked for his forgiveness. Yeah, I think it, it kind of told on himself in a way he went out there and you know he he, he kind of insisted he was innocent but then again he asked for forgiveness for everything he had done so that sort of you know put him told on himself a little bit right you know i mean i'm sure asking for forgiveness could go back way back and not maybe and include what he just did but it i'm could, sure to those two thousand people that ain't the way it come across it could have been misinterpreted right yeah it didn't matter <laughs> yeah he was hanged but now lavinia she didn't go so quietly nah now, it's been reported that she had requested to wear her wedding dress. You know why it is, right? Mm, tell me about it. Because there's a, a rule or a law back then that married women could not be hanged. Uh-huh. And she brought that up, and then they had a fix for that. That's why they hanged John first. So she was... She's technically not married now. No, she's single then. She's widowed, yes. Yeah. So, the, so the story goes that she wanted to wear a wedding dress, that way... She could have a chance to be married before again, or at least get a proposal. Proposal before she got to the gallows. But she got no proposals. No, it didn't work out. No, no. But that was pretty cool. Yeah, she good. brought that up, and then they fixed that right quick, so they hung him first. Yeah. <laughs> but before the crowd, she continued to scream and pointedly at the Charleston socialites who had blamed her for encouraging a conviction. Yeah. Before her executioners could tighten the noose around her neck, she yelled into the crowd. If you have a message you want to send to hell, give it to me. I'll okay. carry it. Yeah, I think that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> wow. And then she just jumped off the scaffold. Yeah, yeah, that's what has been reported. Yeah, sorry. You're not hanging me. I'll just go and hung herself. And later, onlookers would say they had never seen such a wicked stare on anybody's face. Yeah, a chilling sneer. Yep. And she was only 27 years old. Wow. Very yeah. young. Yeah. And there's many sources say that the Fishers were buried in the Unitarian Church graveyard located between King and Archdale Streets in Charleston. I wonder if this is part of the, the ghost stories. It could be. Because you know, I think they were actually buried in a potter's field. Just right behind the, the jail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's probably where most criminals were buried anyway, but mm-hmm. if their bodies weren't claimed anyway. Yeah. But the, I'm sure the church records said that, yeah, no, they wasn't really buried here, but it, it, it was better for the story. Yeah. All right, now we're going to debunk some of this stuff some of the research we found dale okay and that's a hell of a story yeah it is it's a heck of a story but like i say this jail and all this is on the charleston ghost tours mm-hmm. down there and people pay to hear this story and it may be lavish just a little bit i'm sure yeah because uh lavinia and john fisher they saying killed close to 100 people is absolutely not true to, to put this into perspective, consider that most prolific serial killers in the United States 
was like Gary Ridgeway and the Green River Killer. They claimed to kill at least 71 people, but the authorities say, you know, they were only able to prove like 49 victims. Which is a lot for a dude. Yeah. It's also said that um, there were two bodies found on the property there where the inn was. Yeah, not hundreds in the basement. Yeah. But the evidence for murder was shaky, and instead of the authorities charging them with offenses that they could easily prove, they charged them with highway robbery, which was still a hanging offense. Yeah. So they got them either way. Right. So basically they, they got them for one reason and then hung them for another. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, because they never were hung. They weren't hung for uh, murder. Mm-mm. It was for highway robbery. That's right. Now, the authorities who searched the inn run by the fishers, they discovered a trap door under the bed and a body-strewn basement. And this is like a like a storyteller's invention, and it's not based on facts at all. Right. Like we said, if you, it would be a, a pretty bad smell if it was 100 people in the basement. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little ridiculous. But And it's also been reported that Lavinia Fisher was the first woman executed in America, which is wrong. Um, but Sheba Spooner was executed in Worcester, Massachusetts in 1778. Oh, man, we're just tearing this all to pieces. Yeah. <laughs> So they tell all this on the ghost story down there, like we said, and I think they do it to make money. Well, you know, it makes a whole lot better story. They glamorize it. Right. You know, and even they said that she wore the white wedding dress for her execution, you know, basically saying that she was going to go marry the devil himself or mm-hmm. whatever whatever reason it was. That wasn't true either. Basically, they wore whatever all other condemned prisoners was, was like a a white robe pulled down over their actual clothes. Mm-hmm. Loose-fitting robe. Yeah. So, yeah, that was bull as well. And it was reported, too, that the Lavinia Fisher wore a wedding dress to her execution in order to entice men into the crowd to marry her. Right. Because, you know, like we said, a married woman couldn't be executed, and yep. there is no evidence to support this at all. Yeah. And why would lawmakers grant, like, a weird law like that, you know, to exempt somebody? From being executed yeah. because married? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if someone's sentenced to death, you know, they'd be male or female allowing a woman to simply marry in order to escape. The yeah. sentence makes no sense at all. Right. So did she really leap off the scapula herself? Nope, that's made up too. Yeah, it's made up too. What the hell? Yeah. But, you know, I'm sure that John and Lavinia Fisher did commit some highway robbery, maybe rob some of their guests. Well, that's probably true. I figure, you know, especially as many people coming through there, they probably, like you said, they the, even the tea may have been true. You know, doze them a little bit, they're sleeping heavy, go in there and rob them or whatever, the horses or whatever, and steal some stuff off of them. Mm-hmm. You know, something like that. But I don't know if they were being stabbed and definitely not dumped off their bed into a pit of spikes or nothing like that. No, and I did read, too, that uh, Charleston is like, part of it is below sea level in areas, so there was no way they could have had a basement anyway. Hmm. You know, it had been... Back then, anyway. It would have been filled with water hmm. if it had any kind of cellar or anything like that. Hmm. Was it, was the damn secret passages true? Was that a, Or is that all made up? No, I think it's probably just made up just as a... Uh, You're killing me here, man. I know. <laughs> what the hell? All right, now there was a book written called Six Miles to Charleston, The True Story of John and Lavinia Fisher, and it was written by Bruce Orr. And he has done a lot of research on this story. And he says there's a lot of sketchy things about the story. He says there were 12 that were arrested, like their highwayman, their vigilant. The yeah. yeah. 
And only the Fishers, along with a man named William Hayward, he was a co-owner of the Six Mile House, were sentenced to hang. And what's even sketchier was they were arrested, tried for assault with intent to murder, but then sentenced to hang for highway robbery. Which is a whole different charge, yeah. Yeah, a completely different crime for which they had never been tried or convicted of. Hmm. So he debunks a lot of these myths and tales on this story. Right, and even the story of John Peoples, who was apparently choked and had his head smashed through a window, all that was a lie, too. Basically, he did stop by there, and he stopped there to get some water for his horse, and he was accosted by the group, including Lavinia, and then they stole about $40 from him, you know, and then he went and told on him, but he definitely was not choked or had his head smashed through a window. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think they do a lot of this just to sell ghost tours. Yeah, the other story is much better than the real one. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm sure they did something. Now, isn't there a uh, a rumor that a lot of this was made up and done by the government because they wanted their land? Yes. Bruce Orr that wrote the book, he presents a new theory that maybe um, shed a little light on this, that uh, the fishers were taken care of so that the government could take the fishers' property and use it as a new naval base, hmm. uh, the Charleston Naval Hospital. And actually, today, the Charleston Naval Hospital in Char- North Charleston sits on the land that was once occupied by the Six Mile House. So that might be true. It could very well be true. I mean, it's kind of sketchy how they've done it, but if you think about it, if you were hung for something you weren't even charged with or tried for, <laughs> but they just hung you anyway. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's kind of sketchy. Very sketchy. Who knows? Who knows? But if you want to go to Charleston and take the ghost tour and... I would like to do that. Yeah. Then we can go. That didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can sit up there and... <laughs> piss them off. You piss the guy off doing the tour. Say, so what really happened? Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess really there's no way to know what really happened. Yeah. But there are rumors and stuff going around that Lavinia's ghost haunts the jail. Right. But that's a whole something for a whole different podcast. Yeah. If you want to take ghost podcast ghost stories, yeah. yeah. All right, Dale. That is the story of Lavinia Fisher, supposedly the first American female serial killer. All right, man, that's pretty cool. I hope you guys enjoyed that and not really pissed off at us that we did a story and then just debunked the whole thing. But we like to do something new and fresh, and it was, it was cool for us to do something a little bit different. And uh, yeah, I, I thought it was a pretty cool story. You know, and actually, when we first started uh, run across this story, I was like, wow, this is just like the Bloody Benders and this is just right down the road. We got to do this. And then as we started researching it more, it's like, hmm. But it's really cool because it's a, it's a good twist on what we do. And it's fun. And then part of it's true anyway. Yeah, there is some truth to it. But yeah. a lot of made-up stuff, too. But hopefully we debunk some of these rumors and stuff that on the ghost tour that they talk about. Yeah, so if you go, have fun with it. Yeah. <laughs> Tell All them right. All right, Dale. We are going to get out of here. All right, brother. Let's roll. We want everyone to be safe, be careful, and Always be aware of your surroundings. And don't stay at the Wayfarer house. Because <laughs> definitely the next episode could be about you. This is the, the Crack, Crack House, house Chronicles. Chronicles.